living room. How's everyone doing tonight? It's pretty good. Awesome. Well, uh, that was incredible, was it not? Like the worship, that was so good. Um, hey, my name's Matt, and this is Beth, and we are two of the pastors here at the living room at Buckhead Church, and we are so excited for tonight. Um, we're so excited that you're here. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Beth and I, we met about seven years ago. Yeah. It was 2010, and we interned together at a camp in Panama City Beach, Florida called Big Stuff Camps. Anyone ever been to Big Stuff? Okay. So we met there, and we've been good friends ever since. So mm -hmm. the past six and a half, seven years, something like that. I'm not super good with math. Um, but we're excited about tonight. And tonight, um, if you haven't picked up on it yet, um, it's going to feel a little different. It's going to look a little bit different tonight than what a normal Monday night looks like as far as the message goes. Um, but we are really, really looking forward to it because we've been in this series called Dating in a Swipe Right Culture. This is part four, so if you're just jumping in, you're jumping in at a great time, you can go back, you can catch up on any of the previous three weeks on our podcast. Um, but tonight, uh, part four, Dating in a Swipe Right Culture, we are going to be giving you guys practical tips, practical tips, one-liners that we really think uh, can make a difference in your relationships. And uh, we were kind of thinking about it, Beth and I were talking before tonight, and I, I feel like there's a lot of one-liners that have greatly impacted my life, like specifically when I think of music and movies and TV shows, and even one-liners that people have just told me before in my life, tips that I've received. And Beth, I would just love to know, because I'm curious, um, <laughs> are there any one-liners that have like, not to put you on the spot, but have greatly impacted? your life well, here's up to the this deal. point. Here's the deal. There's, there's one movie that I think we could quote over and over and over, and it's the movie The Notebook. Anyone yes. seen it? And I would tell you the line, but it's honestly just better if we just watch it. So let's just watch it. Um, that's good. Every Such time. a Gets good every time. line. Um, except for the fact, like, I don't know if you pick up on this. Maybe I'm, I'm just a guy. Guys, sometimes we make dumb statements. But it's pouring down rain right there. It's probably freezing cold. Is that like a, like, does anyone want to be in that situation? Like, they're acting like that's, I want to be there. You don't want to be there. Poor. Right. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um. So yeah, so Beth, that's a good one. The notebook, I think that's great. That's a, that's a powerful line that's stuck with you for a while. I'm glad. Um, for me, like if I'm thinking along the lines of movies, remember the Titans? Uh, I, you know, last night, the Oscars. I saw Denzel last night, and immediately all I can think is left side, strong side. I don't even know what that means in life, but it's good. Um, and if I'm going to music, um, this is a place where it's okay to... to um, be not, not be okay. It's okay to be a place to be real. And so I'm going to be real and authentic with you guys tonight and just say one line that's greatly impacted my life, um, especially since we're talking about dating and a swipe right culture on that topic, is Whitney Houston. I will always love you. Anybody? Okay. Um, could you sing it for us? Could I sing it? I don't, I don't know all the words. I'm not going to sing it. That's all I'll do for you. But um, in sixth grade, yeah. 
Thank you. I thought it was yeah, in sixth grade. My music teacher told me that was my range, and I believed her ever since. So I don't know. Um, I think you should. I think you should just stick with preaching. Yeah, yeah, just. yeah. Um, so hey, anyways, tonight we are going to be giving practical tips, and here's what we believe. We believe that every single one of these tips that we're going to give you tonight are all based from Scripture. Like all of these tips, you could find supported all throughout the Bible. But the good news is, if you're in the room tonight and you're not a Christian. Like, you're like, man, I'm just checking this whole thing out. I have a lot of questions. I just came because my friend invited me. They told me there'd be a free meal and free transportation, so I'm here. Um, whatever the reason might be, if you're not a Christian in the room tonight or if you are, this talk is going to be really, really applicable for you because it's going to help you in your relationships no matter what your faith background is, no matter what you currently believe. So I'm excited about it. Let's just dive right in. Um, I'll, I'll get it kicked off here. Guys, um, if there's one thing that you really, really need to know tonight, a tip that I could give you, a tip I've been given from the time I was young, um, and it's impacted my life greatly, it's this right here. Love your mom. Love your mom, okay? Uh, this is going to be an awesome night. Yeah. So listen, or your grandmother, or your aunt, or your sister, whoever most closely plays the role of a mother in your life, pay attention to the way that you treat her. The way you speak to her, the way you respect her, the way you serve her, the way you honor her, the way you encourage her, the way you talk to your friends about her. And the reason I say this, love your mom, is because if you want to have a really good idea of how you're one day going to treat your future spouse, then look at the way you currently treat and love your mom. Love your mom. Yeah, that's great. So good. All right, ladies, it's coming for you. So ladies, the first tip we have for you is this, to stop the comparison. So I'm just curious, how many of you have ever compared yourself with somebody or compared your relationship to somebody else's and the outcome was good? Yeah, no <laughs> one. So comparison, the outcome of comparison is typically one of two things. It's either going to cause you to become prideful because you feel like you are better than the person you're comparing yourself to, um, that you have it off better than they do, that things in your life feel better than it does in their life, or it's going to cause you to become envious and you see what they have, and it doesn't look like that for you. Your relationship doesn't look like theirs, and it causes you um, to become envious and to become jealous, and neither of those end up producing anything good. So what comparison actually does is it ends up robbing us of any ounce of joy that we actually had. And I think we all know that when we look at social media, that we are looking at people's highlight reels, but we tend to forget that when we're looking at their relationships on Instagram. And the reality is that every good Instagram moment that you're looking at is just the highlight of their relationship. You don't see the fight they had before that. You don't see the mess that's going on behind the scenes. You don't see how posed the outfits, the picture, everything about it that you're looking at. You don't, you don't see any of that when you're looking at it from the outside. And the other reality is, is that you are completely different from every other person in the world. So no other person will be like you. No other relationship will be like your relationship because it's two completely different people. Not any of them are one in the same. And so I think the first thing we have to do is to stop the comparison. Mm, so good. Um, guys, next is eliminate the moment. Eliminate the moment. Here's what I, I mean by this. Um, if you look at your temptations, your struggles in life, I would bet that if we went through it, generally it's a repeating cycle. Like, for example, maybe one of your struggles is you struggle with uh, crossing boundaries with your girlfriend and, or maybe just girls in general. And you're like, man, I don't get it. I've been struggling with this. It's a temptation. I want to beat it. But what happens is it's like I'm on a date, and the date goes really well. 
And then we go and we get dessert, and we come back to my apartment, or I drop her off at her apartment, or dorm room, whatever it might be. And then we decide to go inside, which is cool, you know, like we're just going to chat a little bit, have good conversation. And then we get in there, and it gets kind of late, and I'm tired, and, and I should probably leave and go home. But then we sit down on the couch, and, and then we turn on a movie, but, but it's kind of chilly, so we get a blanket, and then we start snuggling a little bit, and then... I don't know what happened. Then we cross boundaries, and it just keeps happening over and over again. Fellas, what if we could begin to eliminate the moment or the moments that lead to the moment? What if you could eliminate the moment that leads to the moment? What I mean by that is, is what if you could say, hey, like going on dates isn't bad, dessert's not bad, maybe even going and hanging out at the house afterwards isn't bad, but eliminate one of the moments that leads to the moment. So maybe you say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to stay late anymore. We're not going to watch movies late at night underneath a blanket anymore. If you could begin to eliminate the moment that leads to the moment, this could be an absolute game changer in your relationships. It could save you from so many potential regrets, so many potential bad decisions. Eliminate the moment. That's awesome. All right, ladies, second thing that we need to do, or second tip is this. Know the difference between standard and expectation. Mm -hmm. And this one, I promise you, I am preaching to myself. So I literally looked up the definition of expectation and standard, and this is the definition of an expectation. An expectation is a strong belief that something will happen. So this is just our hopes. This is just things that we hope are going to happen. So tall, dark, and handsome, that is an expectation. That is not a reality. It is not a standard. You might hope that that's going to happen, but it may never happen. Flowers on every date, fancy restaurants, getting a good night and good morning text every single day, um, getting cute notes, getting, I don't know, you name it. All of that is an expectation. And I love the movie, The Notebook. I, I do, but I think in a lot of ways, Nicholas Sparks has messed up our expectations. Mm. I think romantic comedies and all those movies have messed up our expectations, and we have an unrealistic expectation of what we want. And the reality is, is that a lot of times guys are not going to meet our expectations, and that is okay. And so we have got to stop expecting a level of perfection when we ourselves cannot offer perfection. And then this is the definition of a standard. So a standard is an idea or things used as a measure so an expectation is something that we hope will happen. A standard is something that we use as a measure. And so a couple weeks ago, Samer talked to us, um, really talked to the guys in the room, and he challenged the guys a lot. And really in that message, Samer gave us the standard. And the standard is simply this. The standard is love, sacrifice, and honor. And so love simply means to show great care for. I think you all know what that looks like. I think you know what it looks like to be cared for. And then sacrifice is someone who is willing to give up something they value for the consideration of someone else. And this is not someone who is at your every beck and call. It's not someone who is going to drop everything they're doing to come do whatever you need at any moment. It's simply the difference between selflessness and selfishness. And then honor is simply to show great respect for. And you know what it's like to be respected, and you know what it looks like when that's not happening. And I think you can tell that when you look at the standard, the standard is simply their character. That's what you're looking at. The standard is their character. It's who they are. The expectations will be met sometimes. They won't be met sometimes. And that is okay. But the standard 
if the standard, if this, if love, sacrifice, and honor, if that's not met, that's not okay. So we're not looking at expectations. We are looking at the standard. And when you are looking for this, I think what you also have to realize is that you need to evaluate if you are this as well. Are you loving? Are you willing to sacrifice? And are you honoring? And when those two come together, when you have two people who are loving, who are willing to sacrifice, and who are honoring, that's when incredible stuff begins to happen. So begin to let go of the expectations and begin to lean into the standard. That is what you're looking for. Wow. So good. So we're at the midway point here. Everyone good? You guys, you guys still with us? You with us? Because this is when it's starting to get good now. So uh, lean in. Um, guys, fellas, next. Look ahead before moving forward. How many of you have ever watched National Geographic before? Maybe Shark Tank, or not Shark Tank, um, Shark Week, I'm sorry, <laughs> Shark Week. You've, you've seen Shark Week. Okay, well, if you haven't, I'll catch you up. Normally what it is, is they kind of follow around um, people. I'll just go with Shark Week, and there'll be like a crazy guy normally with a really cool accent, like a British or an Australian accent, and, um, and he'll be, you know, like in the water, and he'll be like, man, we are in the remote parts of, this is going to be my, this accent's not going to hit it justice at all, but it'll be like, we'll be in these remote parts of the water in the Indian Ocean, and we're going to go down about 600 feet, and I could die, and in any moment, there's going to no, be 57 really sharks that's around great. me, and they're going to attack, and with one bite, they could bite me in half, but this is incredible, you need to watch this, and of course, you're watching it, and you're like, no, what are you doing, like, swim up, you know, this is terrible, don't do it, and they do this, okay, so the reason I share that is because a couple of years ago, um, I got to kind of experience this in real life, no, I wasn't 600 feet down in the Indian Ocean, but I was um, in Kenya, Africa, and I got to go on a safari while we were there, and it was a really, really awesome safari, and our tour guide um, wanted to maybe one day be on like National Geographic, or that's how he treated the tour, so he was driving us all around, and there was one spot, and he comes to me, and he's like, shh, 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 I'm like, what, what, what's up, and he's like, yeah, I, he's like, shh, don't, don't talk, do not talk, and I'm like, okay, all right, so next thing I know, I see a herd of zebras walking up, okay? And there's this little, like, ravine or whatever right here. And the zebras are walking up. And I'm like, what are they doing? Are they going to, you know, get water or what's happening? He's like, no, no, no. Look about a half a mile down that way. I look that way. And there's about 25 alligators swimming this way. And I'm thinking, no, don't do this. Zebras, go back. Like, get away. <laughs> the zebras keep walking up. And they keep walking up and keep walking up. And next thing you know, they step in the water. And the alligators are getting closer and closer. And it's about to go down. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool now. Let's see. What happens here, but um, just a spoiler alert in case you're, you love animals, um, the zebras turned around, so they somehow something got communicated and they, they, they retreated. So it was all good. But, anyways, I share that because in that moment I realized, wow, sometimes that's like life. And like it's easy to sometimes see it in your friends, but, but not in yourself, if you know what I'm talking about. But sometimes if we could just look ahead before moving forward, it would help us out so much, specifically when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating in a swipe right culture. See, so oftentimes we make decisions purely based out of impulse, out of emotions, out of feelings in the moment. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. And we just move ahead. And then we find ourselves in all sorts of trouble. But if we could look ahead before moving forward, if we could ask ourselves the question, where is this decision going to lead? Is this decision that I'm about to make going to lead me to a place that I want to end up? If we could ask ourselves the question, just look ahead before moving forward, look ahead before making a decision, then I think, again, it could be huge in transforming our relationships and helping us make good decisions when it comes to dating. So, fellas, look ahead before moving forward. Yeah. Ladies, this next one is honestly just so simple, and it's just this. Have fun. I think... 
as women, myself included, uh, we have this thing we like to do called overthinking and overanalyzing, right? <laughs> like we overthink everything, we overanalyze everything. And I think when we do that, we forget to allow ourselves to have fun. And I think that we should not forget that dating should be fun. We should be having fun in our relationships. We should have fun going on dates. We should have fun when we are hanging out with our boyfriend. Like we should be having fun while we're dating. And fun doesn't mean the absence of conflict. That is going to happen because when you mesh two people's lives together, conflict is going to happen. And I think in a healthy relationship, that is one of the best places to learn how to actually handle conflict and manage conflict. And so, yes, that is going to happen. But also the reality of this is if you're not having fun in your relationship, then you probably shouldn't be in it. It should be fun. You should be excited to go on a date. There should be, like Matt said earlier, he was like, there should be like a little adrenaline rush, like when that text comes through or, or you're thinking about the date you're going to go on. And so I think this is so huge for us to remember because I think a lot of times it's one of the first things that t- seems to go for us is that dating should be fun. So in your relationships, when you're thinking about dating, take the pressure off, stop overthinking, stop overanalyzing, and just let yourself have fun. Yeah, so true. Um, Guys, last one for you is this, rename the game, rename the game. We live in a hookup culture, and what's what's sad about this is that when guys embrace that, when guys hook up, um, generally we get rewarded for it. Like bros are like, man, that's, you know, high fives, rewards for it. And when girls um, hook up, they get terrible labels, and that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, Secondly, Physical and verbal abuse is rampant in our culture. Um, Another stat for you to throw out third, um, porn sites each year, internet porn sites, get more hits, more visitors than Twitter, Netflix, and Amazon combined. Okay, so porn sites each year get more hits than Twitter, Netflix, and Amazon combined. Just to throw a side note on that, the main consumer of internet porn is 16 years old. Okay, so the main consumer of that is 16. So that's people that are right in our age group, like within our range. And that's the main consumer. And then lastly, I'll just throw this out. Um, In our culture in the United States of America, the divorce rate is hovering somewhere right around 50% right now. Okay, so 50% of marriages end up in divorce. So you look at this and you think, man, something's got to change. Like something isn't working here. This isn't okay. And you listen to music that's going all over the radio, and when you really listen to some of the lyrics, um, I I get it, the beat's catchy, and sometimes it's cool, but you listen to some of the lyrics, and sometimes it's like, what? I mean, this is is unreal, am I right? I mean, and so I think, fellas, we need to lead the way in this. Like, we need to be the ones that say, we're going to step up, we're going to be the men that God has called us to be, and we're going to begin to rename the game. We're going to begin to change the conversation. We're going to begin to, to say, hey, no, girls, raise your standards. Like, don't settle. Like, 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 there are better than that and better men than that out there for you. And guys, I'm, I'm telling you, we can do this. It's not an easy thing, but I think it's our responsibility. Not that it's all on our shoulders. Girls, you have a role to play in this too. But guys, we need to be leading the way, and we need to rename the game. Yeah, so good. All right, ladies, the last one for us is this. Know who you are. And this one is huge for me. There might not be anything else that I am more passionate about in this world than 
than us beginning to understand who we are. And, and what will happen when we don't know who we are, we unknowingly give the responsibility and the power to the other people in our life to begin to define us and to tell us who we are. And the thing is, they're not going to do it well because it's not actually their responsibility and it actually should not be up to them to be the one that defines you and that tells you who you are. And when we don't know who we are, typically the first place that we're going to run is to guys. Because there is a natural desire in us as women to feel wanted and to feel valuable. And there is something about having somebody stand next to you that is a, almost like a public declaration that I'm wanted and I'm valuable. Because someone standing right here wants me and hopefully in some way are telling me that I'm valuable. But we also know that that doesn't last because we know that breakups hurt. We know that things are said about us that break us, that hurt us, um, that seem to take us from feeling wanted and, valu- and valuable to feeling um, unwanted and invaluable. And so we have unknowingly given the power and the responsibility to guys to begin to define us and to tell us who we are. And we know that that isn't working. And when we don't know who we are, we're going to end up running into brad- bad relationships We're going to end up sticking in things longer than we should because we're hoping that they maybe just over time will begin to make us feel the way that we want to feel. And I might have shared this last semester, but at one point my mentor asked me a question that I will never forget, and it changed everything about my life. And she looked at me and she said, Beth, become so secure in who God says you are that when somebody speaks something kind to you, It does not fill a void. It just affirms what you already know to be true. And it changed everything for me. But at first I thought, wait, I don't really know, though, what God says about me. Like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it looks like to be so secure in who God says I am that when somebody speaks a compliment to me or says something kind to me that I'm able to say, hey, yeah, thank you for that. And maybe not outwardly, but inside be like, I already knew that to be true, though. You didn't tell me something I didn't already know. You didn't tell me something that I didn't feel was true. You, you were actually just affirming what I already knew to be true. And so to figure out what God said about me, I went to my Bible because it was the only place I knew where to go. And I began to dig through scripture and I began to look at who God said I is. I began to look at what Jesus did for me and it began to, began to change everything that I had thought about myself It began to change my outlook on life. It began to change my perspective. And so, ladies, I just want to tell you who God says you are because this is what he says. You can go ahead and throw it up. He says you are dearly loved. He says you are chosen. He says you are complete in Christ. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. He says you are a daughter of God. He says you are wonderfully made. He says you are radiant. And he says that you are delighted in. What would happen if we began to live like this was true? What if we began to live like we were actually dearly loved, chosen, complete in Christ, redeemed, free, daughters of God, wonderfully made, radiant, and delighted in? We would no longer need to look to anyone around us to begin to tell us who we are because we would already know who we are. And what we would begin to know is that who we are is pretty dang valuable, Like we already have a God who has defined us, who has given us everything we need, who has already told us everything that we want to hear, everything that we've ever hoped to gain in a relationship, everything we've ever hoped to hear from a guy. God has already told us that is who we are. And when you begin to live like this is true, you will actually begin to live as if you have value. And it is not selfish. It is not arrogant. 
And it is not conceited to live as if you have value because you actually have value. And it is not selfish, and it is not rude, and it is not conceited, and it is not arrogant to begin to step away from relationships that do not treat you as if you are valuable. And when you begin to believe like you have value, and you begin to treat yourself first as if you have value, you will begin to recognize the people in your life who do not treat you and respond to you as if you actually do have value. But in order to do that, in order to even step into a healthy relationship, in order to begin to even know what that looks like, you have to begin to understand who God says that you are. And this is who he says that you are. And I know it sounds crazy, but there was a while where I'm not lying. Every morning I would wake up in the mirror and I would look in the mirror and I would remind myself, Beth, you are wanted. Beth, you are valuable. Beth, you are redeemed. Beth, you are complete in Christ, which means you are enough. Beth, you are radiant. Beth, you are delighted in. And it would change the way that I would live my life. It would change the way that my day would look. And so girls, before you ever step into a relationship, before you ever look to a guy, first know who you are. Wow. Could happen, yeah. What could happen if tomorrow morning you woke up and instead of first filling your mind with Instagram, with Snapchat, with Twitter, with your emails, with everything that you have to do, if you woke up and you looked and you started to fill your mind with the truth that God has already spoke over your life, I would love just to pray for us tonight. God, we thank you so much that you're with us, you're for us, you have a plan for our lives, and Lord, I I know that throughout these few weeks of this series, Dating in a Swipe Right Culture, all of us are at different stages. Some of us are in a relationship. Some of us just got out of a relationship. Some of us are desiring to to be in a relationship. And God, um, maybe some of us are content with not being in a relationship. We're single, and that's a great season to be in too. But God, wherever we are, we know the truth is, is that you meet us right where we are. And you know exactly what we're going through. You know exactly what our fears are, exactly what our worries are, exactly what our questions and doubts are. You know our hopes and our dreams for the future. And God, you want to speak into every single season of life that we find ourselves in. And you have truth for us to hold on to, to anchor on to. And so God, I pray tonight that we can really lean into that. That tonight we we would hear these tips and they'd be more than tips, but they would begin to actually transform our lives. God, and that we could date the way you want us to date because it's tough dating in a swipe right culture. And Lord, in your mighty name we pray, amen. Hey, as we, as we close tonight, um, I think a lot of us, there's a tendency on a night like tonight to, to hear this and to hear eight really good practical tips and to, to respond and be like, oh yeah, that's good, that's so true. And then to leave and be like, okay, now what? Like, what do I do with that? How does that apply to my life? You know, I wrote a lot of it down and I think one of the quotes could maybe be a good Instagram, new Instagram bio for me. Like I could put that in my quote or maybe even a good caption possibly down the road. But beyond that, I don't really know how it applies. Well, here's three things that I really want you to lean into tonight. The first is this. I want you to evaluate the relationships in your life. Evaluate the relationships in your life. Take a look at every relationship that you have in your life and just evaluate them. Take inventory. Write down the pros and cons of that relationship. Write down the good things. Write down the struggles. Write down the bad things. And then number two is a follow-up to that. Take action in your relationships. 
to evaluate your relationships, take an inventory of your relationships in your life, and then take action. So maybe in some of your relationships, what you need to do is, is you need to apologize. You need to call some up, someone up tonight as soon as you get back to campus. And you need to maybe say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe it's for something that happened a few years ago. And tonight you need to take action and you need to make that relationship right. You need to bring peace to that relationship. Maybe tonight you need to, to make some tough decisions. And there's some relationships in your life and you know they're toxic. And the action you need to take is maybe you don't need to remove that friend completely from your life, but you need to kind of start to distance yourself a little bit. Not that they're a bad person. It just might not be what's best for you. Maybe tonight you need to take action and you need to go and you need to shoot someone an encouraging text or call someone and say, hey, I want to thank you for being such an amazing friend in my life. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but, but I, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. You're one of my best friends. Maybe that's the step you need to take. Take action in your relationships. And then third, finally, maybe tonight you just need to take a step towards Jesus. See, again, in a room this size, all of us are are on different spots in life. We're going through different situations, different circumstances right now. But if there is one thing that you hear us say tonight, if there's one thing that you get on the bus or drive home with, it's this. You need to know that there is a God, the creator of the universe, who is crazy about you. He's madly in love with you. And the proof of that is he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come and to live a perfect life and to die on the cross for your sin so that you could have hope, hope, hope eternally where your your sins, if you put your faith and trust in this Jesus, then you have hope to one day spend eternity in heaven with God, not separated from him because of your sin, but also hope in our present. Hope that right now you can have a confidence going forward in your relationships, that you can have a peace, that you can have comfort, that there's a hope for your future. This is, this is who our God is. And tonight, maybe you need to take a step towards him. You need to realize that he, he's pursuing you always. If you're not dead, then God's not done. And, and maybe you're like, I, I don't believe that. Then, then why are you here tonight? There's a million places you could be in the city of Atlanta tonight, and yet somehow you're in this room and you're listening to me speak right now, telling you there's hope. Maybe that's a reminder that, hey, God hasn't given up on you. He's not done with you. He has a plan for your life. He loves you. And tonight there is hope no matter where you're at. You can come as you are. And so I just want to give us an opportunity tonight to to respond. We're gonna sing a couple songs here at the end. And um, and these songs, I don't know what the response looks like for you. Maybe you just need to kind of stand and soak in the words. Just really listen to the lyrics that we're about to sing. Maybe you need to stand and you just need to, to pray. Maybe for the first time in a while, you need to just be honest with God. Maybe tonight you need to, to stand and you need to respond. You need to, to actually sing these words. And, and maybe even take it a step beyond that. Maybe you need to, to lift your hands. I don't know if you know this or not, but the reason sometimes people in this room or in any environment like this will will lift their hands as we sing is because we are saying, God, thank you. 
Have you ever been to a sporting event, like maybe a baseball or basketball, football game, and something good happens, and what do you do? You, you put your hands in there. You say, yes, uh, come on, that's so awesome. And that's what this is. This is a response to God of saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you haven't given up on me. Thank you that the cross is for me. Thank you that I have hope no matter what's going on in my life right now. Thank you. And maybe that needs to be your response tonight is you just need to say, man, I, Jesus, thank you. I love you. And so tonight, I'm just gonna challenge you in these last five to 10 minutes that we have together to respond however you feel led, to be bold in this moment, to take a step, to take a step. So would you guys stand with us and we're gonna sing and respond to Jesus tonight, to the one who loves us.